Hi, this is Andrea Ross. And this is Kristen Pulver, and we are going to read and talk about Genesis 37, verses 1 through 17. So I'm going to start by reading it. This is the New Living Translation. Joseph's Dreams. So Jacob settled again in the land of Canaan, where his father had lived as a foreigner. This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpah. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. One night, Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him even, or they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed down, bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, So you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and eleven stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers, but his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. Soon after this, Joseph's brothers went to pasture, pasture their father's flocks at Shechem. When they had gone, been gone for some time, Jacob said to Joseph, Your brothers are pasturing the sheep at Shechem. Get ready and I will send you to them. I'm ready to go, Joseph replied. Go and see how, see how your brothers and the flocks are getting along, Jacob said. Then come back and bring me a report. So Jacob sent him on his way, and Joseph traveled to Shechem from their home in the valley of Hebron. When he arrived there, a man from the area noticed him wandering around the countryside. What are you looking for? he asked. I'm looking for my brothers, Joseph replied. Do you know where they are pasturing their sheep? Yes, the man told him. They have moved on from here, but I heard them say, let's go on to Dothan. So Joseph followed his brothers to Dothan and found them there. All right. All right. Let's do this. Let's do this. So what are your first thoughts? Well, um, first thoughts, for those of you who heard Kristen and I talk about Abraham in an earlier podcast, our first thoughts with Abraham were, were both that he was a jerk. <laughs> I can't say that about Joseph. I just feel like you kind of want to wring his neck. He's like the <laughs> annoying little brother, yeah. you know? A hundred, per- a hundred brother, percent. So. <laughs> I did. I know. <laughs> I had a little sister. Sorry, Joel, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So here, okay, first of all, Joseph has a lot of brothers. And this is because if you go back a few chapters, you'll see that Rachel and Leah were almost in a competition for who could have more kids with Jacob and also threw their servants into it. So you have four women who are basically bearing children continuously, it seems like. Joseph is the younger... I mean, he's the second to the youngest, and he has become his father's favorite. I think because he, well, it says right in here, because he was born to him when he was older, but I think also because from the beginning of Jacob's story, we know that he loved Rachel. Yes. And this is Rachel's Rachel's firstborn. Yes, Rachel's his mother. Right. 
So, I mean, you just have this whole jealousy, sibling rivalry, and then you have a dad who's very openly showing favoritism to a much younger one and who's making it clear, I think, with his ornate robe. Um, If you listen to some different studies and go into a little bit more, it's kind of like a sign of him saying that he's going to give his inheritance to Joseph. Which is weird because culturally the oldest would normally receive the inheritance, right? Right. So, I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I read all this, you can kind of see why Joseph's brothers would hate Uh him. (laughs) For sure. And then Joseph comes along and tells on the stream and doesn't really help the situation any. Yeah. So... Similarly, I mean, my initial reaction was just, this is a strange story. Yeah. And I think, so I grew up reading the Bible in a Christian home. And so I think it's easy to be desensitized to Mm -hmm. some of the weirdness of the Bible. (laughs) But it's really weird. Yeah. (laughs) Like you read these things and you're just like, okay, first of all, I mean, why so many wives, right? Like culturally, that's like, okay, you got to wrap your head around that. Yeah. And they're competing to have all these kids. Right. And then just the competition among the brothers and the fact that Joseph seems completely unaware (laughs) of, you know, social norms, like don't brag about things, maybe, (laughs) if you want to have friends. Um, Yeah, just very, very, very strange story, especially when you just take it segment by segment, you kind of hone in on the the just like, it doesn't seem very relatable. I read this and I think, how can I possibly relate to this story? This does, this is like all cultural context, just strange to us. Um, And so one thing I did read, though, to sort of put it in perspective, after I was judging Joseph a bit for his um, social awkwardness was that culturally at this time when a person had a clear vision from God, it was normal to share that with other people. Okay. So maybe he wasn't just being odd. Yeah. And, you know, rude. And I think there's a lot of words you could use to describe him in that situation. (laughs) Egging them Annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But maybe that was just something he felt like he had to do because it was a vision from God. And so he needed to tell people about it. Yeah. Um, And and his father kind of reflects on that a little bit. Like it talks about how he wondered, like, what does this mean? Yeah. Um, Um, If you look in the ESV version, and it's probably similar in the NIV as well, it talks about, it uses the word um, keep. Jacob kind of like keeps and stores up that kind of how similar to Mary when the angel appears to her, you know, and everything is going on with Jesus's birth and she stores these things up, it says. And so I think kind of like what you're saying, the brothers, you know, brushed off, like, yeah, really going to be the ruler over us. But Jacob kind of hangs on to it. Like there's something here. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't brush it off. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So. This all led me to a few other thoughts, and we were just talking about this before we started recording. But um, So we're just reflecting on um, God coming to Joseph in a dream mm-hmm. and how that's just a very clear... And as you read the continuation of the story in the next couple chapters, you see, you know, this was a vision from God, mm-hmm. um, and that's very obvious. But I don't feel like, you know, God speaks to us like that anymore or does he and it just got the wheels turning a little bit for both of us like yeah. how does God communicate with us um, personally collectively like yeah. how does he 
how does he speak to us? How does he show up for us? How do we decipher what he's saying? So do you, I think you have a little anecdotal. Yeah. Um, I can't say that this happens often, but I know that there is one specific time that I can think of where I'd had a dream and it was just one of those times where you wake up and it was just this feeling of there is more to this than just a dream. This mm. isn't just ice cream before bed or, you know, like a restless night. I knew that there was something that God was trying to speak to me about through the dream. So I had an idea of what I thought it was. I called my mom because I tend to seek out my mom's wisdom and that of her friends um, just because they've shown themselves to be very godly, biblical, wise women over the years. And so um, one of her friends, I talked to her and told her what the dream was and her interpretation of it matched what I felt like I had received as well, which felt like a confirmation mm. and made sense with the things that were going on in my life that I was wrestling with at that time. Yeah. So, like I said, that hasn't happened often. But I it was maybe twice, but it was one of those yeah. moments where I woke up and thought, I can't just brush this yeah. off. There's something, there's something here God is trying to communicate yeah. through this dream to me. Which is, I think that's pretty amazing. I can't relate to it at all, but I think it's amazing. <laughs> so how does God speak to you? So I have always felt like I'm not good at hearing God's voice. Like mm. I, I tend to be a bit, um, well, you know, I know what's best. And so I already know, and I don't need anyone <laughs> to tell me, including God. Enneagram what? eight. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, yeah. So I think sometimes to quiet the noise mm -hmm. is important for me. But I was in this women's Bible study group not too long ago. And one of the things that we practiced in the group um, was this very thing was is trying to figure out what God was saying to us and then what we were going to do about it. And so as we we'd get together every week and we would um, go around the circle and reflect on what we would call a Kairos moment. Mm -hmm. So a moment where we felt like it could be anything like um, a difficult conversation with somebody or something really joyful, but just like something that stood out in the week. And then we would try to reflect on it in the terms of what do you think God is saying to you and what are you going to do about it? And that has been a really valuable practice for me because I, I don't feel like I'm a, like, I don't know if it's like a deeply spiritual person all the time. I tend to be very mm -hmm. practically minded and, you know, I, yeah, and I think I, I put that into my walk with God. So to, to sort of put into practice this, um, this pause yes. and reflect yeah. on the week and just to look at like, hey, did God show up and in what ways? Because I think I would just blow by it all the time otherwise. Yeah. Um, and that's been like, I've kept that going in my life just to reflect on the week or two weeks or whatever period of time and just try to see um, and I think sometimes too, like if I'm in a hard place, um, to look back and see like what God has brought me through mm -hmm. and there's some specific, specific moments that really encouraged me or helped me and to see that as God showing up, not just, oh, my friend was there for me, but right. like God was using someone yes. to be there for me. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah so I, I think there's a spectrum, right? Of the ways oh, that sure. God can show up for us for and sure. present himself, but it's about attentiveness. 
And I think that's so important when you mentioned pause and even now attentiveness. How many times are we just going through life and we're just praying and presenting all our requests to God and, mm -hmm. and maybe even throwing out the thankfulness and adoration words? Yeah. But to just sit and listen is a discipline. Yeah. It's a lot harder to um, be still. Yeah. Especially in today's culture when we have so much technology around us and the phone is always on and just kind of the idea of um, turning it off, sitting in the silence and just kind of whether you need to physically posture yourself with your hands open mm -hmm. or however you need to do it, but just taking yeah. that time. I've started trying to drive if I'm in the van by myself with no music on just to have that silence. And it was really hard for me at first because I don't do well with that. I like yeah. the background noise and the different things, but again, just the discipline of being silent to listen. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, and having maybe a community if possible, like one, two, five people who you feel like you can check in and maybe ask those questions of. Yeah. Because even if I just like listening to you talk about being still and being silent, you know, like that is hard and it's hard to not just go to here's the list of things I have to get done mm -hmm. or here's what I'm stressed out about but to go to the place of like hey how is God speaking to me how have I seen him show up this week yeah in the good bad and ugly yeah um but so to maybe have a friend or somebody who checks in and says like hey yeah have you seen God show up and how have you seen him and what are you doing about that you know, I have a girlfriend in Grand Rapids and she and I would call them tiny treasures, like just the little moments that just a little blip on the screen, I guess, of the tiny ways that you see God. Show oh, I love up. that. And so we just shoot a text to each other like, hey, here's a tiny treasure for today. Um, you know, this is how God That's showed beautiful. up. That's beautiful. It was really fun. We did it for a long time. And we got out of the habit. You should do that I again. Was say, I, might, I might start that up. All right, everybody. Tiny treasures. Tiny treasure moments. Start it now. So. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Did you have any other final thoughts? I know that's like we kind of just jumped off the passage and into that, but the rest of the story is really going to be I more think, powerful than yes. the segment that we got. Yes, we all felt like <laughs> the segment. This segment is kind of pay attention to it because it's an introduction. It is a yes. prophetic dream, and is an introduction for what is to come. Yes. Um, so yeah, we'll find out more kind of on this roller coaster of Genesis with these high moments and these right. low moments. And, and in the meantime, find you, your tiny treasures. Find your tiny treasures. <laughs> Shall we pray? Yes. All right. Father God, thank you for today. And um, thank you for speaking to us, Lord, and in those Kairos moments and the times that we can be still and silent and listen. Help us to find those moments and to listen for you. Um, Maybe you speak to us in a dream. Maybe you speak to us through a song or a sermon or a friend or a book. But help us to recognize that and to, to pay attention, Lord. Um, so show us today as we go through what Kairos moment, what tiny treasures that we have um, to receive from you. In your name we pray. Amen.